Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. Boy, that week went fast, didn't it? I can't believe it's Saturday again. And you're listening to Earl on Cars, Earl Stewart on Cars. Um, for you new folks out there who don't know what this is all about, you're on the true old station. Maybe you tuned in for some 60s and 70s music. Not going to get it uh, for the next two hours. For two hours, you got me, and you got Rick Kearney, you got Nancy Stewart, you got my son Stu Stewart. We're an automotive team. Uh, we're here to help you avoid being ripped off by a car dealer. That's right. How to avoid being ripped off if you buy a car, lease a car, maintain or repair your car. The car is the second biggest expenditure for most people, and car dealers have been dealing with you the same way they did back 50 years ago. That's how long it's been since I've been in the car business. And all the other retailers have evolved to face the fact that today's consumer is educated, uh, is uh, information accessible, everything that has ever been learned in the universe is available to you on something called Google. Uh, you can find out the cost of a car. You can find out uh, uh, all the inner workings, the safety. Uh, anything about anything is available to the consumer today. And all the other retailers have jumped on this and are appealing to the consumer as a new 21st century educated consumer, except for car dealers. And they're locked in. You know, nobody can sell you. Uh, a new car except a car dealer. You have to be a franchised car dealer. They have an exclusive right <clears throat> to sell you cars. Most people don't understand that, but state franchise laws have done this. Heavy lobbying by the auto manufacturers, but mainly the auto dealers themselves, to entrench laws of every state, making it impossible for you to buy a new car from Walmart or Amazon or Target or any place. You have to go through a franchise car dealer. So they control. It's like a giant monopoly. They know that they're the only ones that can serve you, and that's also warranty work on your car. Consequently, consequently the, what would you call it, courtesy, the respect for the consumer has been frozen in time for all these years. So what this show is all about, Earl Stewart on Cars, uh, is how to navigate that minefield when you have to go in and buy a new car or a used car every four, five, six years, whatever cycle you may be doing. And, of course, maintain your car. Probably uh, you should be going in at least twice a year to have your car maintained. How do you avoid being taken advantage of? Overpaying, being tricked, bait and switch advertising, rampant. Uh, not just among car dealers, but on, among car manufacturers. Uh, in case you have a doubt about this, I know there are a few people out there. There's, there's some good car dealers, don't get me wrong. And there's some honest car dealers, of course. Uh, and you may have found one. And you may have found a relationship that you're very happy with. But think about this. Since 1977, the Gallup organization, the Gallup polling organization, has taken a poll of uh, car, well, not car, consumers. Uh, they, they have polled all the American consumers every year since 1977. And the title of this particular poll I refer to is the Gallup Poll, Honesty and Ethics in Professions. 
And they ask the people just every year they ask them, which are the most honest, most ethical businesses you deal with and which are the least. And you know what I'm going to say, especially our regular listeners. Car dealers place at the bottom. We're either dead last or next to last. In a really good year, we'll be third from last. Uh, I think last year we were second from last. Uh, that's coming up on that's 40 some odd years. They never have improved. There hasn't been any trend upward. So you take 1977 and you take 2017, haven't got any better at all. That's because they don't have to. And they sell a lot of cars and they make a lot of money. Car dealers make a ton of money. And this money is partly used spent on lobbyists like the National Automobile Dealers Association. In Florida, you have the Florida Automobile Dealers Association. And they spend tons of money to lobby your legislatures, our regulators, to leash, hold them back on the leash from going after unethical, dishonest car dealers. You can look online. You can hear on the radio. You can go on television. Uh, if you still read newspapers, you can find a newspaper with illegal ads all the time. Most of the car ads that you see are dishonest. If they're not illegal, they're unethical. You cannot buy the car advertised for the advertised price. You just can't do it. I'd love for someone out there in Radio Land, or of course we're also on Facebook Land, but uh, we're streaming the show on uh, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars, www.facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Anybody out there that has ever bought a car for the advertised price, there's always the extras, the dealer-installed uh, accessories, the, the dealer fees known as electronic filing fee, notary fee, doc fee, administration fee, tag agency fee. As fertile as a car dealer's imagination is, that's how many different names they have for that hidden profit that they tack on after you've come in on the advertised price or you've called on the phone. Say, how much is that car? They'll give you a phone quote. They'll give you a face-to-face quote. You'll go through the whole process, think you bought the car, end up in the business office where the computer will spit out these phony fees and tack them on to the price of the car. They so, look real. They do. They do. And they're experts at making them look real. Uh, the one thing they have in common, all these dealer fees, different names, they all have fee. Because fee makes you think it's a government fee. They are not government fees. These are profit to the dealers. So um, don't think I'm alone here. I mentioned earlier I've got Rick Kearney, a very important component to the show. Rick Kearney is, uh, well, I've known him for over 20 years. Uh, he has been studying automobiles. He's a student of the automobile, uh, constantly upgrading uh, his knowledge. <coughs> the, uh, the technological improvements in the past four or five years have been mind-boggling in, in automobiles. Uh, you folks out there driving a five-year-old car, it's obsolete, at least uh, safety-wise. Uh, it might not be obsolete from a standpoint of uh, reliability, Cars are quality-wise much better than they ever have been, but the, the the knowledge explosion, the scientific engineering explosion that we have in everything, uh, your car is a rolling computer. So Rick Kearney, 
is here to help you with that. You know, there was a time when some of you do-it-yourselfers could pretty much diagnose your own problems. You could fix your car. You could pop the hood, look at this, look at that, have a few simple tools, fix things. No more. Right now, you have to be an auto computer scientist. That's what I call Rick as an auto computer scientist because he's that good, he's that smart. He's blushing. And I challenge you to try to find anything about an automobile that Rick Kearney cannot a- cannot answer. Uh, I see oh, Jerry holding you. on the phone, and Jerry, I'll be right with you because the f- I, I got off on a rant here. I know that because Nancy's looking at me like I'm talking too much, and I am. So we have a phone call, and he's holding. Jerry, be right with you. And uh, I'm going to ask Nancy to give out the phone call and the text so that you other callers can get in and call. And Jerry be with you in one minute. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. We're right here in the studio live. If you'd like to speak with us, if you'd like to ask us a question or give us, well, your opinion on something, we're always willing to learn. And as I always say, you make the show. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now we're going to go to Jerry, who's holding from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Jerry. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Remember last week I called in with a problem with my uh, uh, parking brake? Yes. And Earl said, well, that's that's a, a solvable problem. And uh, he called me back and uh, arranged to have, to bring the car in. And by golly, <laughs> in a day it was done. I, I used a rental car to get back home and, and pick it up the next day. And he really kept his word. He fixed it and didn't charge. Well, Jerry, thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much for that. And the real reason that I asked Jerry to call is... Uh, Some of you heard of my book, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Well, I have a confession to make now because my dealership really dropped the ball with Jerry. And uh, you have to understand that when you go into a car dealership, we talk about dishonest dealers and we talk about um, deceptive advertising and bait and switch and people that are paid on commission when you go into a car dealership, whether they're in the uh, service department or the sales department. And I, I, I think I tend to portray car dealers as being uh, big. The only problem is being dishonest. There's also another problem with car dealers and with all retail businesses is sometimes they make mistakes. And we made a big mistake with Jerry. Jerry called in last week and he had a parking brake that was on, not functional, came in to my dealership. Oh, in way of total transparency and disclosure, I do have a Toyota dealership. I've had it for 45, 43 years, something like that. And uh, so this is not an infomercial. This is a consumer advocacy show, a car buyer advocacy show. So with that said, Jerry went in and some very well-meaning people we investigated thoroughly from the service advisor to the technician looked at the situation and thought it was going to cost about $2,500 was it Jerry that we quoted you originally to fix your parking brake? Yeah, 2,500, 2,600, yes. So that's when Jerry called the show last Saturday and uh, said that's what the quote had been and I was kind of caught, took me aback because here it's my car dealership 
And I, my first reaction is, that's crazy. $2,500 to fix a parking brake. And Jerry was so nice. Jerry said, you know, I really don't need to fix it. I don't use my parking brake. I'll just run it. I'll just continue to drive it the way it is. And I said, well, no, I want to investigate that. And I want to check. So I did. And I went and I checked with the service manager and my service department, the technician. Long story short, uh, it was a comedy of errors. Uh, there, were, there was a misquote on the amount of time that it should have taken to fix it. That was uh, the technician could not find the, the actual time in the manual that he was supposed to check with to get the correct time. And then there was a misreading of the handwriting on the ticket. It was a, a order of great magnitude. For instead of one and a half hours, it was 15 hours. Yep. And that's <coughs> just a minor, <laughs> a minor difference. Typo. And so the, the total cost of the repair was a few hundred dollars instead of a couple thousand dollars. And in my way of apology to Jerry, I just went ahead and took care of the, the, the charge because had he not called the show and had someone else come in, it's entirely possible someone could have paid $2,500 for a $500 repair. And I'm talking around numbers here, but that would have been terrible. Jerry, thank you so much. Uh, for allowing me to confess on radio and tell 20,000 people uh, what a dumb thing my car dealership did. And I say that uh, tongue-in-cheek because a lot of dealers out there, instead of being dishonest, just make mistakes. So when you have a situation like this, if, you're, if your gut tells you, your instincts tell you, that sounds kind of high, go to another car dealership or another service uh, center. Or call us. Or call us. <laughs> right, because if you say that sounds like a lot of money, it probably is a lot of money, and you need to double check and get a couple other bids. So, uh, Jerry, uh, thanks again so much for being a, a great caller and also for being a great customer. I appreciate how quickly you took care of it. Thank you very much. All right, have a good thanks, weekend. Jerry. Take care. Thank you, Jerry. Keep listening. Give us a call tool free at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. We have a whole lot to get to, and uh, you're a little shy, give us a text, 772-497-6530. Remember, we have a great mystery shopping report coming up and uh, a whole lot uh, in between. Between 8 and 10 o'clock, we're going to go over a whole lot. If you didn't jot that number down, 877-960-9960. We're going to go to Tina, who calls us from Bonita Springs. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? We're great. Um, Rick, I have a question for you in particular. Um, a lot of people are looking for used cars this weekend. Weekend time seems to be a high time to shop for used vehicles. And Toyotas and Lexus have always been at the top of the reliability list. However, there are some used Toyotas that have been affected by the oil consumption problem, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Oh, How yes. many of these vehicles have you come across, and what is the procedure to fix these vehicles? Uh, we did quite a few repairs on them when because Toyota came out with an extended warranty on it where they increased the warranty and we covered the repairs on them. And basically what we did was rebuilt the engine. We put new bearings and piston rings in them all, and that was where the issue was coming from, was the piston rings were not sealing properly, so the oil was being allowed to get into the combustion chamber and be burned. 
Uh, so replacing those piston rings and any ancillary parts, you know, anything else that needed to be replaced while we're in there, took care of those issues. And most of the cars, we don't see very many of those anymore coming in for that oil consumption issue. Um, there are a few cars that we do see it on, but it's usually on cars where the folks just really haven't kept up on the oil changes often enough. It's, uh, it's a matter of maintenance, really. As long as you keep the oil changed at the interval that Toyota states, most of our cars do very well. Yeah, Tito, let me jump in there because <clears throat> this is an important question. And uh, beyond the specific uh, problems with the rings uh, where you can fix it and then lower the oil consumption, piston rings, uh, there's, a, there's a standard variation in oil consumption on any car, Toyota, Honda, Ford, whatever it may be. When two cars come off the assembly line, two identical year-made models come off the assembly line, those two cars will each have a slightly different oil consumption. Yep. In fact, some of them will have a large difference in oil consumption. Now, here's an interesting little tip, and the reason I love you as a caller is because you make me think about things that I don't think about that are I should think about. And when I talk about what you should do when you're buying a used car, one of the most common things, one of the most obvious things that I never thought about is find out about the oil consumption on that vehicle. You might have something narrowed down between uh, two different cars, and it could be so close that oil consumption might be an important factor. If you can somehow determine that by going to the previous owner from the service history file, somehow or other, you might find out <clears throat> that you have two cars at the same price, very similar in all uh, other considerations except for oil consumption. If you have a car that will get you 15,000 miles on a quart of oil and another one that will only get you 6,000 miles on a quart of oil, is that a reasonable range? Well, uh, Toyota actually came out with well, a statement that they talk, made. Let's talk about all cars here. Okay, well, I, I, just, I use theirs yeah. as a general because it's the one I am familiar with. Mm -hmm. Toyota has said that it is acceptable for our engines to use up to one quart of oil every thousand miles. Okay, so, uh, but another Toyota of the same year make model could get 10,000 miles on one quart. That's very possible, yes. Okay, so you see where I'm going with this, Tina? It's not just Toyota. It's all, all cars have a variation because when you manufacture an engine, uh, there are tolerances, and you have all sorts of different components that affect the burn of the gasoline and the burn of the oil and all these other considerations. And there's an acceptable variation. Unfortunately, that acceptable variation to the manufacturer sometimes isn't acceptable to the consumer. So uh, the bottom line I'm getting at here is when you buy a used car, if you can learn the average oil consumption, the history of that car, it could save you a lot of money over the long run. Rick? Uh, one of the things that I have found is very helpful to me and especially dealing with non-toyotas where i'm you know i'm a little more out of my element is the forum sites online mm -hmm. from actual car owners mm -hmm. and going on if you pick a model of car that Good you point. like the looks of if you go on a forum site for that car and look and see what the owners are reporting as issues that they have seen very common and these are not sponsored by the manufacturer these right. are simply open forum sites by car owners who own that model of car yeah exactly That's and a great it's, idea. it's a wealth of information yeah. there
Tina, you probably know a lot of these. You're uh, you're really savvy online. I'll bet you have seen some of these chat rooms and, and places online that talk about these sorts of things like oil consumption. Yes, this is exactly why I bought my Toyota Yaris, because I wanted a small car that was, I wanted a hatchback, always wanted one. Mm-hmm. But the, that's the reason why I bought the Toyota Yaris, because I'd heard that it wasn't just a 200,000-mile car. It was a 400,000-mile car, and that really impressed me. So I've been happy with it so far. I took it in to get it serviced the other day, and the gentleman says, oh, all you need is a wiper blade, and that made me feel pretty good, you know, 25,000 miles. So I really have no complaints. Well, that's great. Nancy, you have a comment? I do. Uh, it's funny you should mention this topic uh uh, Tina, uh, because uh, I have a young lady by the name of Jennifer who texts me, and uh, she has a 2007 Toyota Camry. And uh, what is happening uh, with her vehicle is that uh, she takes care of her maintenance, and halfway through that maintenance, uh, she's experiencing excessive oil consumption. And uh, I, I took it a little further, and uh, uh, Rick can uh, join me on this because he's the expert, uh, but there is a class action uh, suit. They're, they, they are going to be targeted for a class action lawsuit. Uh, in reference to this problem and uh, each person depending upon the year of the Camry has a different issue why they have an excessive oil uh, consumption that they shouldn't especially after they have maintenance. Uh, well the the biggest issue that we saw like I say on, on the older Camrys was the issue of the piston rings and years back many years back they did have an issue where they had designed the valve cover a bit poorly and they weren't allowing the the uh shall we say the gases Mm. that build up in the engine the exhaust fumes in that in the engine to be cycled out properly like they should and they had a problem with the oil actually gelling it would turn into like a jelly-like substance let's not get too deep into the technical Uh, there's there's so many different factors Yeah, the bottom line here is to alert the buyers of used cars and that's that was tina's call buying a used car research online research in the chat rooms uh, research with the previous owner uh, with Carfax and now with AutoCheck you can get the service history of the car you buy oftentimes okay. and if you see one with super high oil consumption buy a different car uh, yeah. Tina is that about wrap it up for you uh, pretty much yes but the $64,000 question I have is all of those models they have listed that were affected by the oil consumption problem were all of those defective or just some of them defective or how many of the cars are really affected 100%, 50%, 40%? That's, that's the big thing. Well, or was it just a few? Well, I, th- I think that they're, depending, on your, depending on your definition of uh, what the oil consumption should be, it's probably, they're probably, and Rick can correct me if I'm wrong here, you probably have some vehicles out there that could go as much as 20,000 miles on a quart of oil. It's very true because yeah. it's... And, you, and then you have some cars that will only go 1,000 miles yep. on a quart of oil. Now, to me, that's a huge variation. And the manufacturers yeah. can set as standard anything they say. I personally think that a manufacturer should have a narrow tolerance. I don't think any car should burn a quart of oil in 1,000 miles. And if it does, they should take it back, 
and uh, manufacture another one. Don't sell somebody a car that's going to burn uh, a quarter of oil a thousand miles. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't ask them to build all their cars that will go 20,000 miles on one cord. That's extraordinary well, but a reasonable tolerance to me would be a 5,000 swing, you know, maybe 15,000 to 20,000, or maybe, you know, 10,000 to 15,000. You need a narrower tolerance to have some guarantee. But to say to a buyer of any make car, when you buy this car, you might get 1,000 miles of a quart oil, or you might get 20,000, I think that is ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah, I when I had my Miata, she had 155,000 miles on her, mm-hmm. and she was using about uh, 1,200. Um, you know, I was getting a quart of oil for 1,200 miles, but you're talking about an engine that had 155,000 miles on it. Of course, I expect that to happen. True. That's not unusual. True. You know, and I was probably what about maybe 20 or 30,000 miles away from a rebuild or an engine replacement anyway. So. Mm-hmm. That didn't really bother me too much, but I did make sure when I got in touch with the owner, the new owner, that I let him know. I gave him a whole history. I let him know everything, but he loves that car. So it's living a good life, and that car is old enough to where in Pennsylvania, it's probably got a classic plate on it now. So. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good point. Older cars are going to have greater oil consumption, and the fact you give total honest disclosure is unusual, but you're a totally honest person, so that's very nice. Again, average used car buyer can't always count on that information, but uh, oh, when you Earl, buy it. <laughs> one more one more thing before I go. I'm sure that you've read this. This is an unrelated subject, but there is a Toyota dealer in California, I do believe, and he has a whole bunch of Priuses on his lot that are used he will not sell because of a recall. It's a programming problem mm-hmm. that may cause the vehicle to catch fire. Mm-hmm. So he's taking your lead, and he says, I'm taking Toyota Prius trade-ins, but I am not selling any of these Toyota Priuses until Toyota comes up with an accept- acceptable fix for them. Yeah, I, I know of that dealer, and uh, it's, uh, it's very unusual that he's the only dealer doing that. We haven't... Uh, we haven't come to the same conclusion that he did uh, i respect him okay he's got a lot of courage doing what he does to stand up to toyota the 800 pound gorilla uh, i give him credit for that uh, we have looked at that situation and have come to a different conclusion than he did so uh, uh, it'll be interesting to follow that and see how it's resolved well interestingly enough toyota's just announced again two more computer re- reprogram or reflashes for those Priuses. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be seeing a lot of those showing up the dealership to be reprogrammed now. Well, Tina, thank you. Extremely informative, as always. I, sh- I do hope you have time to call us next week. Thank you, Tina. Oh, I certainly will. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. One more comment on the topic of the uh, excessive uh, oil. Uh, in, in Jennifer's case, uh, the uh, engine blew a rot, and, uh, well, she's got a whole lot of problems, and uh, I really hope that, uh, Jennifer, you can get your problem resolved, and I hope that you call our show soon. Uh, we have uh, a caller. Uh, it's John. I think we all know John from uh, Homosawa, Homosasa Springs. Hey I think John. you and I went through that yesterday. <laughs> we were trying to pronounce the location that you were in. Good morning, John. Good morning, Nancy. How are you? Uh, we're well. How are you? 
I'm hanging in there. Yeah, I bet you are. Our local, our local TV station in Tampa, they've been very proactive on the, mm-hmm. on the keeping the Takata airbags in the news. Right. Seems like every three or four weeks they put something out. Well, yesterday they announced a recall for the Toyota Tundra, the Sequoia, mm-hmm. and the Avalon. Right. For airbags. When you see airbags and recall in the same sentence, the hurricane flags go up, you know. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me that that is a program issue also, right? Well, this is a different than the Takata. The Takata, Takata airbag issue, of course, is the inflator exploding, sending shrapnel right. uh, to the uh, cockpit. This this particular recall is the issue where the airbag may not go off on impact. So it sounds like a software issue. It sounds like a uh, uh, something that needs to flash in a computer yep. repair. But it's serious, obviously. I mean... Uh, uh, both of them are serious, so I'm I'm glad to see that Toyota and all the manufacturers stay on top of this. This fortunately was not as large a uh, recall. I think it was 180,000 vehicles. It was, and uh, it was uh, I guess that's worldwide. So in the United States, there are probably far fewer. But all the manufacturers are hypersensitive now, and uh, they're announcing recalls much faster than they ever did before, which is a good thing. We've got a car dealer up here. I don't know if I should say its name or not, but I think it is the liquidation center for Takata airbags. Really? <laughs> well, feel feel free to mention the name. That's uh, if you don't mind, I don't mind. Yeah, well, Mr. Shop. Okay, it's, it's called One Two Three ABC Auto. Wow. It's a very large used car dealership, and we found four there hmm. that were verified by both websites. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's no law preventing it, and. Uh, we continue to find them in our mystery shopping reports. That's an unusually large number to find. And uh, were they? Did you happen to recall their driver and passenger side airbags? Yeah, it was. It was passenger on three of them and both of them on one of them. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a shame. It's uh, every almost every city and every state in the union now has got cars sitting there with defective cut airbags that folks can come in off the street and buy and drive home and expose themselves and their families to death or disfigurement, uh, serious injury. Uh, terrible situation, and it's all our legislators' fault. Uh, why we don't have some sort of an executive order from Rick Scott? Governor of Florida, why we don't have some executive order from uh, from the uh, federal level to stop the sale of these is just a shame. Uh, our mystery shopping report. Yeah, it's a I don't shame that it can be solved with a stroke of a pen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Our mystery shopping report today. I won't give it away, but it involved a Takata airbag, a car dealer in Pensacola, as a matter of fact. Uh, furthest we've gone for a mystery shop, and. Uh, it didn't have a happy ending in terms of total disclosure. If you go in and ask the question, uh, we're defining honest dealers as if you ask first and say, does this have a Takata airbag that hasn't been fixed, and they say yes, then we're saying that's a good dealer. It should be that the car's not on the lot in the first place, but it isn't that way, as you discovered in your market to John, and he's got three of them, and it's just uh, uh, something that we have to... Uh, sit back and accept because our government won't do anything about it. The other question I have is, I, t- I have a 2016 Toyo- uh, Colorado, Chevrolet Colorado, I can't even remember what I have, mm-hmm. and somebody somebody actually typed my question, kind of beat me to it. I noticed 
the sticker they put for your next oil change, they also put a date. Mm-hmm. I think it's six months out. Does oil go bad just sitting? Uh, Rick, Rick will answer that. Uh, it's something, I'm glad you asked that, John, because it's one of the most difficult things people have uh, to believe. It doesn't sound credible that uh, oil can just sit there for six months and have any kind of problem. Rick, what's the reason for that? Well, the main reason is that, especially in our high humidity here in South Florida and the dust and dirt we have in the air, I mean, it seems like there's construction everywhere. That works its way into the engine, and the water gets in there by way of condensation. You know, you come out in the mornings, your car is covered in water and dew. Well, that gets in the engine as well, and that water is picked up by the oil. I know it doesn't mix, but it does sink its way down into the oil, and over time, it starts to cause issues with oil that's not being driven a lot. When you drive the car and it builds up a lot of heat, the oil will actually help to burn that moisture out, and it will evaporate it out and let it go through the engine and be gone. But if the car doesn't get driven a lot, that moisture winds up just sinking down in the bottom of the engine and staying there in the oil, and that causes it to break down over time, along with all the dirt that's in there. Rick, would that be the issue? My, my truck, it doesn't, I don't, I don't even drive, I think the recommendation is 7,500 miles for oil change, and I don't even drive that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't. My truck's two years old, has 20,000 miles on it. But when I started up, after it's been sitting for a few days, like white steam will come out of the tailpipe. Is that the condensation burning off? That is. That's exactly it. That's nothing to worry about, right? Yep. Okay. That's great. That's a good answer. Thanks. Yeah, humidity is a killer. All I have. Humidity is a killer, John, and that was a great question because three out of four people don't get that. And uh, we we encourage people to follow the factory recommended maintenance plan for whatever car manufacturer they bought their car. And uh, whether it's a Ford or GM product, whatever the manufacturer's owner manual says, you should bring your car in and have that maintenance done. And all of the manufacturers recommend a time and or mileage, whichever occurs first. So... You can literally have your car sit in the garage and drive it not at all for six months, and you should bring it in and change the oil. That's hard for people to understand, but it is important, especially in Florida because we have high high humidity here, and that condensation is uh, negative for your engine. And to answer uh, one of our Facebook questions here, uh, asking, is that moisture issue true with synthetic oil? Yes, it is. Yes. It's true with all oils. John, yeah, thanks. Fine so, synthetic. Thank you so much for the call, and uh, uh, you're a good Facebook friend. You're a good friend, and you're a great caller. And I know you've got some health issues, and we're all praying for you. And I hope you feel better. And I hope you can call in next week. Thank you, Earl. Take care. Take thanks, care. John. Thinking of you and your wife. Keep listening, and uh, the best to you. Give us a call toll free at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. I think, according to the look on Stu's face, he may have some texts for us. We're building a backlog of texts. Actually, we have a lot on Facebook uh, live video comments. But uh, the first one is from Linda on Facebook. She asked a little while ago. And um, I don't know where Linda lives, but uh, she says, Now that it's getting cooler out, is it time to winterize our cars? If not, when should we do that? But she did add that it was it is 52 degrees there in Locust Grove. Hmm. 
And that sounds like a Rick question. That's a Rick question, yeah. Wow, 52 degrees. How nice. I think we see that about <laughs> two days a year. Yeah, uh, Florida, we don't have that issue, but up north, winterizing your car, what's it really mean? Well, the number one thing is you're going to want to make sure that your undercoating is in decent shape <clears throat> because of road salt issues. Uh, up north, you know, you get snow and ice and that road salt. I thought all cars had came with standard undercoat. Oh, not so much as you might imagine. Oh. Believe it or not, there's a lot of cars out there that don't come with a proper amount of protection. So you recommend that people have their car undercoated? I definitely do for northern cars. Have your car checked by a mechanic to make sure that you don't that everything is in good shape there. And if it doesn't have any undercoat, I would recommend having it done. Dare I challenge the genius, Rick Kearney? I'm gonna. We're gonna have a duel. The uh -oh. guy, the guy that doesn't know anything about the cars, to the mechanically, to the guy that does. I'm gonna check you on that, Rick. There was a time <laughs> when we used to do a lot of undercoating, and I am. You're crushing. I'm right. of the opinion. Mm. I see. Where do you get the transparency and honesty on, on this show? I I have a feeling that. Undercoating a modern car is not a good idea. You could actually muck up some problems underneath the car. But yeah, that, that I don't be. know that. All right. I suspect that. And, Rick, so. before you answer, I have heard that tone of voice from Earl before. So, uh, well, I will, I will <laughs> put this. Ice. I will put this. This is caveat. not sugar free, Nancy. <laughs> Due to Pardon the me? fact. This is not sugar free. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Due to the fact that I've been in South Florida for the past 42 years. Yes. Um, again, northern northern issues are a bit out of my bailiwick yeah. anymore. Well, we'll, we'll research that. And, uh, <laughs> however, <laughs> one, one factor I do know to recommend, find a local car wash for up north areas when you get that road salt that does undercar washing. Mm -hmm. Because a l quite a few of them don't. And believe it or not, folks, yes, you do need to wash your car in the wintertime yeah. to get that road salt and all that debris off. Gotcha. Other than that, it's change your fluids. Uh, make sure that your coolant has been changed according to the manufacturer's recommendations. Mm -hmm. Don't go with what the local garage says because, oh, well, it's our here. No, just follow what the manufacturer says. Make sure your tires have got good tread. And if you're in an area where you need snow tires, make sure you've got those on them. And uh, just follow the manufacturer's recommendations. Okay. What about a, a survival kit? Let's say you get caught no, off Linda's, the road. <laughs> Linda's question was at 52 degrees. Don't oh, you think okay. that yeah. we're kind of getting... Yeah, it, it, at that point, kit. we might be getting I will need the pushing those limits a little. Yeah. Make sure you pack a sweater. Yeah. Hey. And the other thing that I highly recommend, check your tire pressures a lot more often. Good point. I would say at least every two weeks, check your tire pressures. Okay. Thanks, Rick. Um, we had some other questions about um, oil um, getting old on Facebook, and Rick's already answered that. But Barb uh, says, I have several keys that may win me a car sent oh. to me in the mail from a car dealer oh, advertising. Well. I was waiting Yay. for you to get to that. Claims you can come in and check your number, and you may win. <laughs> LOL. Glad you don't play us like that, Earl Stewart. Uh, so that is true. Uh, then Andreas uh, asks, he says, Earl, I've been following your recommendation about asking for the out-the-door out price. I am considering purchasing a new car. Yes, advertisements, photos, and the glitz and glamour of that new car has suckered me into going to the dealership. Good news, I have had good experience in dealerships giving me, uh, I'm sorry, something just moved up. Okay, giving me the out-the-door price. Huh. This is a very powerful shopping tool. 
I've also had good experiences chatting with the sales force and that there was little pressure to test drive the car, drive it home, and push to proceed with the purchase. Maybe, just maybe, there is a chance to turn this Gallup poll around. Wow. I hope so. I mean, it's going to happen sooner or later. I just hope it's sooner. Yep. And then we have a, t- a text message that came in our 772-497-6530 text line. And the texter says, been looking for a new car. Don't want to pay a $1,000 dealer fee and seven ninety five charge. Have been thinking, can I get a better deal in another state if I go car shopping? That's a great question. Well, yes, there are states that have caps on dealer fees. One of my biggest complaints about Florida is it has no cap. Very few states have zero cap. In other words, now listen carefully because you think I'm smoking something when I say this. A car dealer could charge a $1 million dealer fee. A car dealer could legally have a tag agency fee for $5 million. I'm trying to be silly and exaggerate to show you how ludicrous the Florida law is. There is no legal cap. California has a cap of $75. I think $75 is too high, but at least you can identify it. When you go into a car dealer in California, you're going to pay $75. All you want to do is be sure it's included in the final price they give you. Dealer fees are the worst. They hurt you the worst when you don't know about them. And that's what the car dealers in Florida love because they'll advertise a car. Uh, you'll call up on the phone and say, I want this, this, and this description car. They'll give you a price, and you'll get the price, and maybe you'll c- compare it with other car dealers. And then you go in, and you sign on the dotted line, and then you go into the business office, and bam, suddenly you got $2,000 in additional fees, which are really just profit to the dealer. So there is no limit to what a car dealer can charge in Florida, and there's also no limit to what he can call it. He could run an advertisement saying he'll pay you to buy the car from him, but then he'll charge a $30,000 dealer. A car dealer (laughs) can call a dealer fee a corned beef sandwich Mm -hmm. in Florida. Yeah, that's right. Literally, you could could have on your your, your, uh, buyer's order. Deli fee. Yeah, corned beef sandwich. $999. $999. And it's legal. <laughs> Call that <it> CBS fee. <clears throat> hey, I think we're getting in the weeds. Yeah. Let's go back to Barb, and I'm going to interrupt you, Stu. Barb White and the keys that she received in the mail. I have a fantastic story for everyone. Let's rewind the tape. 1965, my sister gets a key, several keys, in the mail. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She goes out. She goes over to the car dealership, puts the key in, bingo. She wins herself a brand new car. She is she's in, the and, she's own, in, and she's in the Guinness Book of World Records. She's the <laughs> only person that I know, and I've shared this with your dad a hundred thousand times. Magnificent. That was back when car dealers were honest. Well, we were in the horse and <laughs> we were in the horse and buggy, you know, right. era back then. But you know, I go over the good, the bad, yeah. and the ugly, yeah. and there is some that good. Is you know, good. You and know there the still de- is some good today. Yeah. You know where the deception comes in? It's not with a free car, because most of the dealers actually insure that, and they go to a company and they sure. pay the company yeah. an amount, yeah. and the odds are one in a million you're going to win the new car. But if you do win it, the company will pay, and meanwhile, the yeah. dealers pay the company two thousand. 
$1,000 insurance yeah. premium, which they rarely collect. Yeah. But that's what happens. The deception comes when they say everybody wins. And then they have the car is the best prize. And then they'll have candy cash. Bar. And they'll have something else and something else, and they'll be like a sandwich. <laughs> but they don't call it a sandwich. They have something that sounds perceived value, like, wow, that's got to be worth at least yeah. a few hundred dollars, and it turns out to be worth junk. Yeah. That's the yeah. deception. You have a higher likelihood of starting a car in the public's parking lot with yeah. that key. <laughs> yeah. We, back in the day when I was evil, we used to have diamond rings. Were they real? I mean, uh, yeah, there was a there was a real diamond ring. Yeah, what have well, you seen? They're, diamond dust. They were or diamond, diamond chipped. Yeah, yep. chipped. Oh. And you could have a little thing in there. So back when I was evil, back in sixties and seventies. Yeah, in fact, that's Nancy's engagement ring. <laughs> what you got on your figure? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, no diamonds, <clears throat> not here anyway. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I was very jealous. She won herself a car. I was on the uh, Monongahela incline getting to work. And then I had to take the streetcar, and then I had to take the bus. But every once in a while, she took me to work in her brand-new car. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, getting back to Earl talking about dealer fees, 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 uh, go to Earl on Cars, and you can see his latest his latest column, Hidden Charges. It's really worth the, the read. And uh, I am going to give you that phone number. John, thanks for holding. Uh, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. John, welcome to the show. John is calling from Palm City. He's a regular caller, and he's fabulous. Good morning to everyone. Morning, John. I stopped the keys in the mail about a year ago. And let me tell you how I did it, and everybody can do it. It got me very angry, not only the keys, but they were sending me all these forms from cars I don't even own anymore about warranties extended, Mm -hmm. all from individual companies that just rip you off. But the one that really burned me up was I got a solicitation, and it had an Army fleece jacket, okay, that Mm -hmm. you buy. It was Danbury Mint Mm -hmm. in Connecticut. And it's a fleece jacket, which I don't know why I would need that down here in Florida. And it has, just like when I was in the U.S. Army, on on the right side, has your name printed on it. Mm -hmm. And it has a picture of a person. And you can have this jacket for 120 Well, anyhow, that made me angry for one reason. Nobody ever acknowledged that I did serve. I sit in the U.S. Army, um, Fort Totten, during the Vietnam era, but I was never activated. And I said the only way they could have gotten this was through the motor vehicle because I have a V, a veteran, uh, on my driver's license. Interesting. And when I fill out all the forms for that, it has your branch of service. So I said to myself, this is nonsense. I want to stop this. I went to the local tag agency, and I filled out a form. It wasn't easy to get it. They even gave me a supervisor. What's your reason that I want privacy on mailings? Mm-hmm. For that the motor vehicle actually sells your name to these outside companies. But I didn't mention that at all. So she had me fill out this special form. And I said it wasn't easy to get that. And I gave a reason. I want privacy. But you'll still get, you know, uh, law enforcement or contact uh, uh, police or anything. They still have a right, naturally, to contact you directly. But I stopped this completely by filling out this motive. I don't know what the number was. The Motor Vehicle Bureau form. Wow. And I did it at a tag agency. I did not so know. I just want to let yeah. people know that you can stop a lot of this nonsense mailing that comes to you. 
and because uh, Florida State is selling your name. Yeah. And that's how yeah. you get these solicitations. Well, that's, so that's great. Great news. And I want to tell people that it's available, mm-hmm. John, that they can fill us out. John, did the you second just... thing is Earl's opening on franchise dealers. This is interesting because I don't think we'll ever see, like Amazon, selling cars. The dealers, it's too, too powerful. That'll never happen. But let me tell you my experience. You have to hear about this in Palm Beach Gardens, where it's Tesla has a beautiful display of all three models. It's on the second floor, mm-hmm. PGA Boulevard. People know where that is in Palm Beach Gardens. Well, I went there Thursday. Very impressive. Three cars on display. Four sales, well, I don't call them salespeople anymore now, and I don't think they will neither after they were finished with me. <laughs> um, two men and two women. So a female was very aggressive, came up to me, can I help you? No, I looked in the trunks, and uh, really, you know, it's a beautiful way to see all three models. Mm-hmm. So I said to her, can you tell me, should I order where I can go to the nearest franchise Tesla dealership? She said to me, you're in the right place like that. She says, we take the orders here, and the car can get delivered to you wherever you want or somewhere in Palm Beach County, and it's no problem, she said. I said, really? Okay. So I said to her, well, the first thing is, you're Tesla. Don't you know there's a Florida law that you can't sell directly to the public? No manufacturer in the state of Florida can sell directly to a consumer. All right, she looked at me like, and then I said, if you're a franchise, how come all three cars on the showroom floor, not one of them has an MSRP? So she like looked at me again, and I said, you know, there's a law in the United States that went into effect in 1958. It's called the Monroney Law. And I said, every car that's sold in all 50 states must have this manufacturer sticker attached to it. Mm-hmm. So she's really puzzled now. Now she goes, and she doesn't know what to say next. So she says to me, well, I guess, I guess we can't call us a franchise, right? I said, no, I don't think you can. So right away, she sees she gets in nowhere with me, even to tell me where to go and, and to, you know, look further into a Tesla. So then another guy, she goes and goes to him. She figures, well, this is guy's a waste of time. But what I want to say is, hopefully, they change their attitude. Maybe it was just her that they can call themselves a franchise because they're not. No. And if you do, you will have to have a manufacturer MSRP sticker on all your cars. Not one of those cars had anything to do. There was no pricing in the place or anything. So I just want people to know it's a nice place to visit and look at the new models, but me, it's misrepresentation, and I would say that it's gotcha. Well, John, what they're, what they're doing is they're, they're using the loophole. They're not selling you. First of all, they wouldn't sell you any of those cars on the showroom floor. They're not for sale. Those are just available for you to look at. And if you buy, if you buy a car, you can't buy You're not buying the car in Florida. You're buying the car from Tesla manufacturer. And that is the loophole that they're using. So the Florida franchise law apparently uh, permits people to sell cars directly, but not within the state. Like when you buy something from Amazon, you're buying it from Amazon uh, 
in wherever Amazon headquarters or wherever the product is uh, stockpiled. Uh, there are some states that won't even allow Tesla to do that. Uh, apparently, Florida is allowing them to do that. Uh, you could uh, go online and order from a state where it was legal for Tesla to sell cars online directly. Uh, uh, it's not a... I think the dealers were frightened at first that Tesla was going to be a threat to the franchise, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Elon Musk or Tesla wants to have franchise dealers. He wants to have total control of the sale of the Tesla from the manufacturer, which is him and Tesla Corporation. Well, what gets me upset is we take your order here. That's what you said. Well, they're taking. Yeah, that's uh, they're they're taking the they're they're taking the order, but the order is being filled by the manufacturer directly. The sale, and again, some states have overcome this. There are some states that don't allow Tesla to even do this. Florida apparently is allowing them to sell cars online only, but they do not allow them to sell cars out of the they can't service cars they can't oh they can't service cars but they can't sell you a car physically in the state of Florida it has to be sold wherever you you know wherever the car is manufactured by Tesla well it just proved I said on this radio station I predicted that Tesla will go out of business yeah. or somebody will take them over yeah. and the day after I said that on the radio station it was announced that the government gave Leon, Elon Musk a $40 million fine. Yeah. So um, I'm sure it doesn't even hurt put a dent in him. Not a but, good... Uh, I don't I think Tesla's a good investment. I they, think you're right. They have to continue, you know, maybe uh, the CEO has to change his way of a public image. That's the way I feel. I agree totally, John. Thank you very much. And that was uh, an adventurous uh, mystery shopping report you did for us there. And uh, maybe we'll put that in the uh, mystery shopping report uh, list that we have and uh, let people know what happens when you try to buy a Tesla. Mm -hmm. Thank you very well, much. Thank you. And, Thanks, uh, and the fleece jacket was very interesting also. <laughs> <laughs> John, you're always informative. Thanks so much for, well, being part of the show every Saturday. Keep on listening. We wouldn't know what to do without you. Hey, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. You know, about that fleece jacket, I used to get free steak knives, and I recall, I, I vividly recall you putting the stop to that. Hmm. Yeah. No more steak knives. Not, I'm not allowed to have any more steak no knives. No more sharp, sharp objects uh, for you. I, he keeps <laughs> the sharp objects out of the kitchen. <laughs> I think we have some more text, don't yeah. we? Yep. Yeah. I think Stu has some more text. That's for right. Us. We actually we actually have four. Uh, we have one uh, texted on our text line. It says, "Good morning, guys. Jeff from West Palm. Quick question: uh, When rotating your tires, is it better to have your tires with more tread in the rear or the front?" That's a Rick question. Ah, that one actually, believe it or not, all used to be they'd say put them in the front. Now, however, it's recommended to put the best tread in the rear. Because front-wheel drive cars, there's so much weight up front, the back of the car is a lot lighter. And the tires need more tread to be able to get the water, rain, all that rainwater, worked out of way so you keep good traction in the back. The weight of the engine helps keep your traction in the front, so the best tread should be in the rear. Thank you, Rick. I think I heard that before. 
but good yeah. advice. Uh, Johnny in Riviera Beach texts us and says, can you bypass these corrupt, dishonest car dealers and go straight to the manufacturer and buy a car and then have it shipped to a dealer of your choice and pay that dealer a couple of hundred dollars delivery fee? Not in Florida. Uh, not in Florida. Not in any of the 50 states, actually. And this is the uh, you, you hit at the crux of the problem. Uh, car dealers are... A protected species, endangered. Uh, they they cannot be terminated. Um, they have extremely strong state laws in Florida and all 50 states that you practically have to commit homicide if you're a car dealer to be canceled. Uh, manufacturers uh, are, even the manufacturers that want to get rid of their bad car dealers are pretty much prohibited. Stop About the it. only reason a manufacturer will cancel the franchise of a car dealer is if he doesn't sell enough cars. All right. <laughs> and in order to sell enough cars, he's got to lie, cheat, and steal. And when, when he's getting close to that point, he gets really desperate. Yeah, right. He exactly. starts lying and cheating more. Yeah, if you, if you fall below 75% of what the average market's share of, the, of the, uh, your market is, then they put you on notice. And how do dealers sell more cars to get back up to 100% or over? Advertise. Bait and switch advertising, lowball, uh, pretending that uh, they'll sell your car below their cost, and they do all that sort of stuff. So in a lot of ways, the manufacturer's pressure on car sales volume causes the dealers to resort to deceptive uh, measures. So it's a catch-22. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Uh, Edlin on Facebook live video says, good morning. I have a 2007 Nissan Pathfinder. Does it fall under the Takata recall? Um, the answer to that is no, but Rick did find it is possibly subjected to two other recalls, including an airbag recall. It's a non-deployment issue, but Rick can address that. Yep. For the front sensors. And again, I can't say it enough. www.safercar.gov. Go on that website. It is a government website, and put in your VIN number, and it will tell you specifically for your car any open recalls. Spread the word to your friends and family. Put it on your Facebook, www.safercar.gov. Folks, it's the best thing you can do. It's easy. It's simple. It's easy. It takes only a, a minute or two. Yeah. No, definitely, Rick. Uh, it can be simple, and I'll repeat that, safercar.gov. Uh, to uh, what uh, Rick just said, I recently had a recall on my 2019 Avalon. And, uh, you know, I can't understand why uh, NISA can't make it just a, a little bit easier. Uh, because of the uh, zeros, uh, you, you have to differentiate between whether or not it's a letter zero or a number zero. And You mean uh, an O, a letter O or a, a letter number? A letter O yeah. or a number zero. Uh, so uh, it, it, it just really takes just a little bit longer yeah. to... I can, uh, I can give some advice on that. The letter O will never appear in a VIN. Correct. It's always zeros. So if, if it doesn't work, just double check those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's that sounds good. And what and uh, what na- what Nancy uh, was going to suggest to the National Highway Traffic Safety Association is that they accept oh. an O. Oh yeah, yeah. Instead of a zero, Good idea. because mm-hmm. people we say O uh, mm-hmm. when you give a phone number, you say five six seven O O, and we use it. And so I think everybody out there with PIN numbers, serial numbers, uh, uh, passwords, and the rest of it, it should alternate between yeah. zero and O. 
Mm-hmm. And yep. hey, how and, much and, is and less it, security is that? Absolutely. Yeah. And in this fast-paced life that we lead, uh, I could have easily have uh, remembered what uh, Stu just uh, t- said. Uh, it's uh, interesting, but uh, I was multitasking. I was running around. I thought, boom, I'll just enter the VIN number, ba ba ba, and it'll be over and done with, and I'll find out what why my car was uh, uh, recalled. And uh, it just took me a lot longer to do than necessary. So it's not re- it's not really people friendly right now. And my 2019 Avalon has been. Uh, it's uh, due to an in- inappropriate programming of the airbag electronic control unit, the ECU. And uh, uh, that's the story on my 2019 Avalon. So knowledge is power, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, check, uh, check out that website that uh, Rick just uh, told you about, safercar.gov. Enter that VIN number and uh, get the real deal about your vehicle. Uh, we're going to go, uh, we're, I'll give you that phone number one more time, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Dawn in Palm Beach Gardens. Welcome to the show, Dawn. Hey, yeah, Dawn. I just want to give give you an update on that uh, bump chuggle fish bite, GMC brand new van I got from Schumacher yeah. months ago. yeah. You remember? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's and, uh, let, let's recap that a little bit. That was a conversion van, as I recall, Don. Right. And, and yeah. there was a there was a rattle, a noise, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, first they uh, they couldn't hear it, then they could hear it, and then they said, "Well, there's nothing we can do about it." And then you actually called General Motors, and they said there was nothing you could do about it. And th- this had been going on for what about a year? No, no. I got about. Three months ago, or four months ago, I bought okay, it. Okay, it seems like a year. It had to, it was like a, a, just a miss it had. Yeah. Like uh, when you accelerate, it was like you pull a, mm-hmm. a wire off it or it was a bad injector or something like that. It would, it would jerk real bad when you tried to accelerate slow yeah. at any speed. So anyway, after taking it back three times or two times or whatever it was, they, mm-hmm. they got a bulletin from uh, General Motors that said that this was a characteristic, and they called it, uh, bump chuggle fish bite. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and I didn't sign up for that. that for sure. So anyway, I went through the lemon law procedure. I want to let you know that I had to take it back. Well, the third time was on me, and then General Motors wanted the fourth time. They get a shot at fixing it. <laughs> and, and I was told that when I took it in the fourth time, I said, well, you have to put a dealer plate on. I have insurance, but I haven't been driving it. Uh-huh. They said, don't worry about that. We're not going to do anything with the technicians and the big shots of General Motors running over that van anyway. So this was just kind of a formality. Our next stop was the Better Business Bureau. That's the first stop before you go to arbitration with the state. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had that appointment on Wednesday. Uh, Monday, uh, my attorney called and said they settled. They were going to even have to go to that first procedure. And uh, they're refunding all my money, including postage. Fantastic! Wow. Well, Don, congratulations. You're you're my hero. We ought to have a an award called the, the <laughs> Hero of the Week. But yeah, you're the Hero of the Month, really. Uh, persistence. Yeah, you don't want to give up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you went up uh, up against the 800-pound gorilla, Don versus yeah. General Motors. And you got yourself a good lawyer, and hopefully your lawyer uh, got his attorney's fees from General Motors. Yeah. Great. So yeah, it didn't cost you. We got everything covered. So it didn't cost uh, anything. They, did, they, 
they're just kind of hoping you go away. Yeah. That's what they want. I mean, you know, so, but I've been, and, and I got uh, taken a van back. So. Oh, yeah. When you're right, you're right, and you run into a, a bulldog like Don, you don't mess with him. And it's just, uh, it's a shame how much these powerful corporations can get away with. Uh, you know the old expression, you can't fight City Hall. Well, you can fight City Hall, but you just got to be tough. And Don is tough. Yeah. He fought City Hall and he won. That's that's great news, Don. I really appreciate yep. your uh, sticking with us and bringing us up to date. Uh, by the way, a, a moral to this story is when you buy something that's been modified, a manufacturer's product's been modified, uh, the manufacturer will almost inevitably try to wheedle out of any kind of warranty work. And uh, to bring up something absolutely horrible to make you remember this, this limousine, this Ford limousine that killed 20 uh, people uh, uh, was a modified Ford. And uh, the, a good rule of thumb is just be extra careful before you buy any product from any manufacturer that has been modified. Uh, in this case here with Don, uh, he was able to prevail, and it took him a lot of aggravation and time and an, an attorney to get it done, but he won. So thanks again, Don. Great well, call. Yeah, this, this wasn't a factory modification. This was done by the dealer. They do these conversions in Indiana, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I bought it finished through the dealer. Yeah, yeah, I understand. They, they, did, the conver- they did the conversion. Yeah, you got, you got them. Right, well, yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah, okay, thanks. Thank you, Don. Don, you go on to Hero List. Uh, took a whole lot of, well, you know what. I can't say that on the air. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I, I, I want to talk for a moment about car safety systems and the fact that uh, I get so many texts from people that are relying on the safety systems. The safety systems are supposed to assist you, assist you. You're always in control of your vehicle. Never give up the focus of controlling your car. The safety system is to assist you. Give us a call, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I think that Stu is ready, willing, and able to share some text with us. There's just an amazing conversation going on on our live Facebook video. There's probably too many comments to get to, but um, our good friend, John Neal, um, he's, he asked Rick a question. Uh, I'm assuming John is up in the Hurricane Michael-affected area. He says, I drove through salt water, water, and I just cringed, but I had no choice because it crossed the only road in and out this week. I immediately hosed down the undercarriage. Will that suffice, Rick? That will indeed. And, folks, South Florida, boating capital of the world, all the vehicles where you go to back your boat into the water and your wheels get right down in that salt water, even if it just gets that water that's on the ramp, <coughs> rinse that vehicle off very, very often. It's, it's a very simple thing to do, but it will prevent a whole lot of issues of corrosion down the road. All right. Thanks, Rick. And Andreas um, said, asked Earl, if you don't want to deal with a dealer, Earl, do you recommend using a broker? I have read some articles, and the uh, I read some articles, and the common theme is that huge savings are not guaranteed. At least, uh, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you, at least, would you have to deal with a car dealer, though? Thoughts on brokers? Uh, brokers can be good. 
if you trust the broker, you know the broker, uh, hopefully you've had some experience with them or others that friends of yours have. Uh, if you're not the type of person that wants to do battle in South Florida, especially where the dealers are really devious, uh, and you'd like the peace of mind to have somebody handle that for you, a broker can be very good. What you need to be aware of is the fee that the broker charges because the, the broker charges a fee to the dealer and they can, I suppose they could also charge you a fee. I mean, a broker is an independent businessman. He can charge as many fees as he wants. Uh, you want the broker to be on your side. Uh, brokerage fees vary tremendously. Um, as I say before, total transparency, I'm a car dealer. In my car dealership, we pay broker's fees. Uh, fees can vary from as little as $500 to as much as 5000 or even higher. So <coughs> if you're paying $1,000 or $5,000 to a broker, that price of the car has been adjusted by the dealer by that amount, plus the dealer's profit. So you don't want to be paying an exorbitant broker fee that causes the price of the car to be priced out of a competitive range. A uh, car dealer or a broker can save you money by avoiding the things. He's a savvy guy. He knows about dealer fees, tag agency fees, dock fees, dealer install options. He can cut through all that nonsense and get you a good deal. Just be careful of the broker fee. I'd ask him up front, say, what is your fee? Who pays it? And how much is it? And then that'll tell the tale. But uh, Brokers exist, and they can be exist for good or bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a uh, question from Edlin on Facebook. says, good morning. Uh, Edlin from Atlanta. So we have another out-of-state. When you buy a new car, how long does the Lemon Law last? Does it expire at some point? During the warranty. Uh, the Lemon Law uh, exists during the warranty of the new car. So remember, when you collect on a Lemon Law, you are charged, and each state, by the way, is different. The Florida Lemon Law is different than the Georgia Lemon Law, so you're you're under the Georgia Lemon Law. Uh, you'd have to check and see the specifics. They're all kind of generally alike, but uh, you don't get your 100% of your money back. If you've driven that car for two years, uh, you're going to be charged for the usage of that car for the two years that you owned it. So you're never going to get 100%. All right. And the last text to get to um, just shows Earl Stewart on cars in action. June texted us just now, says, I just did safercar.gov, and it works. She has no recalls on her 2014 Honda Civic. Beautiful. Safercar.gov. You can't hear that name often enough. Just input it. If you have a friend with a car that has a question, do him a favor. Help him out. Check his car out or her car out. And don't buy a car anywhere from a dealer or from another person until you've checked it out. 25% of the vehicles on the road with recalls will never get fixed. 25%. That's scary. That's millions of vehicles. Tragic. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let, me, let me give out our anonymous uh, website. You're reading my mind. And the anonymous website is simply anonymousfeedback.com. Your, Your anonymousfeedback.com. Y-O-U-R, anonymous, A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback.com. Your anonymousfeedback.com. Why do we have that? We have it for folks that would like to say the truth without offending people, perhaps us. Uh, we're a radio show. We do some things right. We do some things wrong. Uh, you have opinions out there in radio land and Facebook land that you might not want to 
confront us on. Uh, I believe that total candid conversations, total transparency, what you think, what you feel about us, can only go to improve us. We do get some candid uh, feedback that hurts our feelings a little bit. But after we, we read it and we realize that you feel that way, we can make adjustments in the way we present the show, the way we uh, sound, uh, what we cover, so on, so on, so on. Mm -hmm. So whatever your comments are, please let us know. Um, you, you folks are real nice. When you call in, sometimes you might hold back a little bit. Don't hold back. Youranonymousfeedback.com. It'll come to us. We will address it. There's a, you can ask for a reply. We will always try to reply. If someone out there has replied, has done anonymous feedback that we did not reply to, let us know again. If I missed it, I apologize. I will try to reply. Your anonymous feedback.com. We'll discuss it among ourselves, try to come up with a correction, a solution, get back to you, and let you know what happened. Absolutely. Thank you very Great much. Great information. You know, we can turn that into constructive criticism, and uh, we all need that. And you take it a certain way, and you turn it into, uh, you know, uh, the, all these uh, feedbacks that we get, we turn it into something positive. And uh, ladies, 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 I forgot to mention, $50 for the first two new lady callers, and you do have time to call in. It is now 914 $50 for the first two new lady callers. And I have to take a moment and uh, follow uh, John Neal's uh, wishes. And uh, we all send our prayers out to the Panhandle and uh, all those people that have been tragically, well, their lives are changed forever. Bless all of you. Uh, also, I'd like to uh, address uh, uh, Anne's email and how she turned uh, something into uh, so something positive that was very negative. And uh, she now has an email address. Uh, this will joggle your mind. You remember Bulldog. Bulldog Lady? Yeah. Yeah, Bulldog Lady. Big Lady. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, and congratulations for uh, standing your ground and taking care of your problem. <coughs> and uh, I know that you and Earl were back and forth with each other, but I uh, too want to. I co I was uh, copied that email, and I want to let you know I'm very proud of you. Congratulations. Give us a call toll free at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Stu, do we have any more texts to get to? We, we have a question on Facebook Live video. Uh, Brad asks: Is there much demand for accounting professionals in the auto industry? At the, at the dealer corporate level, or is it outsourced to CPAs? Yeah, every car dealer has an accounting department and a, a staff, very important, one of the most important departments in all car dealerships. Uh, we have controllers, which are you know the head, head person in charge, and then you have a, typically an assistant, you have an office manager. But the answer is yes. We're always looking for good, qualified accounting people. CPA is great to have. If you don't have a CPA, um, the right experience. Uh, people are looking all the time for good accountants at car dealerships. Okay, we got another one just came in from Steve on Facebook. Uh, can you suggest any products to protect a car from the sun? 
We are snowbirds and have no garage or carport, thus we do not have a Florida car. Uh, uh, we rent cars for short trips and drive to New Jersey for longer-term trips. A Florida car would be nice to have. Wax. Wax, wax, wax. Wax, wax is the way, and I can never remember the name of that really good uh, component that you want to have a high percentage of. Carnuba. 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 Yep. I just can't remember Carnuba. Carnuba is some sort of a, a plant or something that they get the, the wax from. It's from Brazil. Yeah, it was from Brazil. Uh -oh. huh? I think so. Yes. And you and you get uh, you, you, you get the can of wax. They'll have the percentage of carnuba, and if it's a lot of carnuba, they'll say highest percentage of carnuba. You should wax your car uh, at least, I'd say, quarterly, depending on where you live. You want to keep your car undercover if possible, not always possible. If you have a white car. Uh, wax the heck out of it because it might not have clear coat and if you don't have clear coat you really got to do a lot of waxing and uh, if you have a red car there's certain cars that tend to fade more seems like red cars fade a lot more than yeah. certain other colors rick yeah what about interiors carnuba a northeastern brazilian fan palm the leaves of which exude a yellowish wax huh. ah there you go so it's just rub a palm frond on your car is what you're saying yeah. yep okay with vigor. But what do you do about the interior of the car? Dashboards, seats, all uh, that sort of Everything's affected by the, the sun. The best thing I can recommend there are is window tint within legal measures and a sunshade for the front windshield. And even those little sun shields that go on with a suction cup on the side windows, anything that keeps the sun out. Because unfortunately, there's a lot of snake oil products out there that once you start using them, you either have to continue... Or they can actually damage your car. Is so there any particular kind of tint that's better than others? Like, does it have to have a certain component? I've titanium? heard that ceramic tint yeah. actually is very, very good about keeping the ultraviolet rays out. And, like, on <coughs> my own vehicle, I don't like tint on the front windows because I want a clear window that I can easily see through, especially at night. That's why those sunshades that you can buy yeah. that simply attach to the inside will reduce a lot of that sun coming in. Got it. And the name of the wax again? Carnuba Wax. Carnuba Wax, ladies and gentlemen. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Thank you for waiting, Doug. Uh, Doug's calling us from uh, Boca Raton. Good morning. Doug, you still there? Hey, Doug. I guess we lost Doug. Doug, give us a call back. Oops. Yeah. You know what, I, I was going to say to Doug, if he'd gotten through, that, that he know that Boca Raton is one of the few communities that doesn't allow car dealers within the city limit. So I have to usually drive around Ooh. the perimeter of Boca when I'm going <laughs> south. But, uh, <laughs> and Jupiter, too, uh, right. unfortunately. No, seriously, there are no car dealers in Boca right. Raton. There's and one in Jupiter. There's mm -hmm. one in Jupiter. Yeah, Jupiter doesn't like car dealers either, uh, but somehow... Um, Jupiter Dodge a long time ago got in, and then Brayman came in and got that with it already been zoned. But uh, some communities just don't like car dealers. They've I read can't the imagine poll. why that is. They read the poll. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what about Weston? <laughs> Weston, there's a lot of car dealers there. Is there? Yeah. yeah. Okay, 877-960-9960, 772-497-6530 if you'd like to text us. Yeah. Uh, back to the recovering car dealer. I've got a little uh, blurb here while we wait for Doug to call us back. Uh, just uh, there's only one car dealer left in the paper, Palm Beach Post anyway, that and that's right? Roger Dean Chevrolet. Hmm. And uh, 
I'll hold up an ad there. Can you see the huge discount? Oh, Doug's back. Doug's back. Uh, good morning, Doug. Good morning, Doug. Hi, how are you guys? Good. Great. Holly was watching it, but he said, I don't like this. I'm going to watch the sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Doug. <laughs> Doug. It's Doug and Holly. <laughs> Meow. That's a shout out to Holly. Is Holly calling? <laughs> exactly. Sim says hello, too. Yes, I do. Hey, Tom. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, so, so I wanted to know if that gasohol is bad for your engine. Mm-hmm. I notice that Chevron has it in there, and and I, I don't, I'm not sure about other companies, but I'm trying to find a version of gas that doesn't have that in there because I hear that it can mess up your 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 fuel lines and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, Doug, that's uh, that's very controversial. Uh, we have some people out there. We have a regular caller. We haven't heard from him in a couple of weeks, but he's a professional driver, and um, he's a strong advocate of using nothing but uh ethanol-free fuel, and you can buy that. Uh, I have an app on my phone given to us by uh, our caller, whose name eludes me right now. Somebody can... uh, Mark, I think. Mark is a caller. Uh, Yep, I think Uh, that's it. It's pure gas. Uh, If you go to your app store and go to pure gas app, uh, it will show you the location in your area of all the pumps without any ethanol. Now... Ethanol uh, has uh, the the current law has 10% or less ethanol, and uh, so it could mean it has 10% or, or maybe 5%. It's up to the manufacturer. Uh, the manufacturers don't seem to be too worried about under 10% ethanol in their vehicles. Uh, the purest, the motorist out there seem to think it might. Uh, Rick uh, has a comment. Well, the the last two to three years. Cars are now actually being built, able to handle up to 15% Mm -hmm. across the board. And any car that's listed as what's known as a flex fuel vehicle can handle up to 85%. The best way to tell, look at your gas cap. And right on the, the factory gas cap, it will say what percentage of ethanol fuel your car is safe to handle. And if you do want to get that ethanol free fuel... Be advised, you may be paying up to 50 to 60 cents a gallon more yeah. for ethanol-free fuel. Yeah. It's something used in marine engines, uh, two-cycle engines, I believe. Yep. And uh, you can't use anything, uh, um, you know, you're, you're pure ga- gasoline. You don't want to use anything with alcohol in it in a two-cycle engine. Right. Yeah. And also in older classic cars and muscle cars, um, old right. motorcycles. Right. A lot of equipment is designed to run on ethanol-free fuel, and you kind of want to stick with that and just, you know, bite the bullet and absorb the price. Yeah, Mark, the professional truck driver, claims that he gets much better fuel economy in his truck when he uses uh, totally ethanol-free fuel. Now, uh, we keep meaning to measure that, and I think I've even talked to Rick about it, uh, where we could actually try that, because if you could overcome the additional cost of the ethanol-free with the additional fuel economy, it might not be a bad investment. I'll I'll get to work on that. Well, Doug, thanks very much for the call, 
And uh, thanks Thank for you. being a member of the Sunrise Club. Yeah. And uh, you tell Ollie that I said to behave himself. Yeah, send, send all your love. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. I'll see you guys in the morning. Uh, Have all right. a great Thank day. You. Take Will care. Indeed. Bye-bye. Uh, Jerry's holding. He's calling from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Jerry. Uh, hi there. Hi. I forgot to ask Earl before whether they recommend uh, gasoline additives, you know, the kind you can get at uh, Walmart, uh, to the Prius engine. Is it a good, good idea or a bad idea? Yeah, Rick will extrapolate on that, but the answer is no. Don't use any additives to your gasoline and for a Prius or anything else, but Rick? No. I, the only two additives that I would ever recommend, and this would be rare, uh, the first one is dry gas. If you accidentally get just a little bit of water in your fuel tank, there is an additive called dry gas, which will help to prevent that water from causing issues with drivability. And it, it, again, I would only recommend that sparingly. Just if you know you have an issue, try a little bit of it to see if it helps. The other one is fuel stabilizers on cars that are going to be sitting for uh, maybe a month or more then a fuel stabilizer can help keep it in good shape. Otherwise, I recommend no additives whatsoever. The, the fuel that you get at the gas station has all the additives and cleaning agents that it's going to need to keep your car running properly. And as long as you're not buying gas from you know Uncle Ted's bait store and uh, moonshine and uh, fishing supplies with gas on the side... <coughs> Yeah, you're going to be pretty safe. Stick with a major known brand of gasoline, and you'll be just fine. Okay. Thank you. Jerry, thanks for the call. Good question. A lot of people wonder about that. Same thing goes for oil additives, too, by the way. Exactly. Just just say no. Yep. Thanks, Jerry. Okay. Great call, Jerry. Right. Bye. 877-960-9960. I think Rick made a funny Mm-hmm. Give us a text at 772-497-6530. And I believe that uh, Stu has some texts to get to. That is correct. We have people chiming in on our gasoline discussion. And it, uh, there is definitely a comedic theme going on. We have Andreas comments that his Andre- Civic runs on moonshine. Ah. Now that is premium fuel. fuel. <laughs> uh, John Neal says ethanol-free fuel is a dollar per gallon more in Home Assassin. Wow. Yeah. A buck. Yeah, a whole lot more. And then, uh, oh, I'm sorry. The, the question was John asked Andreas. The question is, does he run on moonshine? So uh, you know, I, if anybody out there has any knowledge about, uh, if Mark, particularly if he if he's listening, I'd uh, love to hear what your experience is on fuel mileage, uh, extra fuel mileage you get from uh, ethanol-free gasoline. If you pay the extra to get it, how much more fuel economy do you get? I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh we should do the test, but we keep say, saying that. We don't do it. We have well, I'm, I'm going to get started on that. I'll get yeah. a couple tanks of regular fuel, okay, and then I'll switch to ethanol-free and see we'll run happens. it and see what happens. Very good. Well, it's a little scientific test. We have another comment on Facebook. Somebody else ran their VIN on safercar.gov and found a recall. So ah. keep doing that, folks. Safercar.gov. www.safer, S-A-F-E-R, car, C-A-R, dot, G-O-V, yep. safercar.gov. Yep, and that was on a 2018 Accord, so it doesn't have to be an old car. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. as, as Nancy said. Yeah. Even even brand new cars that are just sitting at the dealership can have an open recall. Mm-hmm. And, of course, now factory uh, the, the federal laws, they must be 
repaired before they can ever be sold if it's a brand new car. Yeah. But a used car, again, like Earl says. You ought to check it anyway. Caveat. Keep him honest, you know. Uh, not every dealer is going to follow the rules. So nope. You can nope. run a brand new car on safercar.gov, too. And while we're on that subject, uh, we have an app that we were advised of on this show, I believe. Uh, you can download it from the App Store, Airbag Recall. And the cool thing about this app is that you can scan your VIN or your license plate. And it's a lot easier to scan a license plate than it is a VIN, and it's a lot shorter. You scan it, it automatically goes in, picks out your VIN, and puts it in the app. Now, it didn't work for me, so I asked uh, <coughs> uh, Jeff Doss, who works with us. He tried it. Uh, have you tried it? I have not. Yeah. I haven't tried it. But I had a little problem with uh, my scanner not picking the VIN up right, but... Uh, it's just called Airbag Recall, and if it works for you, if the app works, it's a lot easier than trying to put in a 17-digit number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're all caught up with text. Okay. I was right in the middle of talking about something that I had garnered from a newspaper ad. It's a dying breed of advertising. Roger Dean Chevrolet is the only car dealer that still advertises in the newspaper. Interesting. And he has here a but the thing I like about it, they're easy targets to pick up when they do something uh, interesting. So this particular advertisement has a truck uh, with an MSRP of $35,295, and they're going to discount it by $12,307. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing about that, that's about a 30-some-odd percent discount. And mm. the message there is trucks have huge markups in them. And I get a, I get calls all the time about how much should I get as a discount off of MSRP? Uh, it varies tremendously from vehicle to vehicle. It varies from trucks to cars. It varies from 2018s to 2019s. There are probably even some 2017 new vehicles for sale. I know you read the fine print on this, didn't you? Uh Read it to me. He didn't. He want my. You want my magnifying glass? Um, I have young young eyes. I I can I can do this. Oh, go ahead. Rub it in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Buyer must qualify for lease loyalty and must finance with GM Financial. Yes. So there's there's some caveats in there. Yes. Uh, so that's true. And uh, the uh, all the prices, as we look at that issue there, include all the rebates that you can qualify for or can't qualify for. So when you call in to a car dealership and get a price where you see an advertised price, they're probably counting in things like lease loyalty, which means you've got to be leasing that make a car, or you could be conquest, which means you can't be leasing that make a car, or it could mean that you're a college graduate, or it could mean that you have to be an active member of the military, or it could even mean that you have to be a farmer. We haven't seen the farmer discount in a while, but, right. it, does, but it does exist. Jeez, I'm exhausted. And I think that was. But the bottom <laughs> line is, when you're looking at trucks, vans, and SUVs, their markup is considerably higher than you get in a car. The smaller cars, in particular, would have like maybe 11 percent markup, and you can have a 25 or 30 percent markup on a large truck, van, or SUV. So, you cannot compare apples and apples when you're looking at discounts to MSRP. 
I think we are about to go to the mystery shopping report, and it is out of Pensacola. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to remind you, you too can vote on the mystery shopping report. We would love to hear from you, and you can do it. It's very easy. 772-497-6530. Vote on the mystery shopping report from Pensacola. And that text number again is 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. Now back to the recovering car dealer. And um, you already talked about our my blog. This is uh, my column blog in Florida Weekly. So all you folks out there that uh, get Florida Weekly or pick it up, it's a freebie. Uh, check it out. And this particular one is ten tips on buying the right used car. Florida Weekly every week, and also in hometown news for you folks in, up on the Treasure Coast. Now let's move to our Mr. Shopping Report. It makes it real easy for you to buy new or used. And going to EarlOnCars.com, there's so much information there that uh, there's something there for each and every one of you. Remember, we would love for you to vote on the Mystery Shopping Report this morning. 772-497-6530 comes to you from Pensacola. Yeah. Now back to the recovering car dealer. And uh, the mystery shop is of Alan Turner Hyundai in Pensacola. Now that's a long distance record. We've never gone that far. Almost 700 miles away uh, from the Earl Strun Car Studio. Now, it just occurred to me some folks maybe not have seen our mystery shopping or heard of our mystery shopping. Uh, we've been doing this for 10 years. It's what sets us apart from everybody else on radio or TV or online or any other way, we actually go into real car dealerships, I can now say all over Florida, Mm -hmm. mainly we focus on South Florida, (coughs) we actually go in with an undercover agent who pretends to buy or lease a car, and we relate to you, blow by blow, what happened. Were they treated honestly, ethically, or were they taken advantage of? Were they lied to? Was there illegality involved? Was there deceptive advertising? We tell it like it is. We don't change the names. We use the names just like we did Turner Hyundai in Pensacola, Florida. You'll hear about the salespeople uh, were also named in this. We tell it exactly like it is. Now, the reason you don't see this or hear it or read it because people are afraid of being sued today. People don't like to name names. We hear callers that had a bad experience with a car dealership. They inevitably say, can I say the name of the car dealership? And we always say, yes. The truth is a perfect defense against libel or slander. And the proof that we're telling the truth is a 10 or 11 year history of never being sued by a car dealer because of the mystery shopping report. Never. Just knocked on wood. Not that I fear being sued. I fear nothing. I fear nothing. As a matter of fact, I'd like to be sued. Because if you sue me, if you sue me, then it's going to be even bigger. Because then we will have video of the courtroom. Uh, we'll have the jury selection. Nancy's laughing at us. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to. If you go to New York, he's right up on the Empire State Building. <laughs> right. <laughs> Knocking plan- biplanes down. Okay. Agent X. 
Agent X had planned to take off some uh, from his mystery shopping and spend the week with his family in Pensacola. The Earl Strong Cars team found an alternate mystery shopping agent to fill in for him. Unexpectedly, his plans, along with millions of others in the Florida Panhandle, were turned upside down by the approach of historically powerful Hurricane Michael. What was to be a peaceful family get-together turned into a stressful few days of storm preparation and waiting for a landfall of a Category 4 hurricane. That was a big one. Almost Category 5. While we were saddened by the devastation suffered by the Panama City area, we were very relieved that Pensacola and Agent X were spared the worst of the storm. Agent X called around the time Michael came ashore in Mexico Beach to report uh, he was only experiencing some light rain and a few good wind gusts, but nothing too bad. He never even lost power. He jokingly suggested doing a mystery shop of a car dealer near him after the storm passes, uh, which is you know something we would have never thought of. He said that at this point, his vacation wasn't much of a vacation anyway. We told him that if he was up for it, he might make for an interesting report. Agent X wondered, uh, wondered aloud how easy it would be to find a Takata car in Pensacola. And he thought about it. He said, let's do it. Ten minutes later, Agent X had identified his target, a 2008 Chrysler 300 with 90,000 miles offered for sale by Alan Turner Hyundai. 2008, that's a 10-year-old car. And you know about the Takata. The older, the more dangerous they are. That's about as old as they get. Ten-year-old. And 90,000 miles, that's low mileage, though, mm -hmm. for a 2008. The online price was $9,065. He confirmed that it was under safety recall for a defective passenger side to Carta airbag inflator by checking NHTSA, Carfax, AutoCheck, and Chrysler's own Mopar website. What's Mopar stand for? Motor Parts. Yeah. Yep. Am I right? Huh. Strange name. Or never... move over. Plymouth approaching rapidly. Yes. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, so NHTSA, safercar.gov, if you want to chuck it. But we used all the sources because sometimes one source will miss. We give out the safercar.gov is the best website. But if you got time, you can do a Carfax report, auto check report, and you can call the manufacturer of that particular make car you're driving. That's for absolute certainty mm -hmm. as to whether your car has been recalled. Agent X planned the mission for Thursday evening when now Tropical Storm Michael was dumping rain in on North Carolina. As a standard practice, I called ahead. I'm speaking in the first person now as the uh, shopper, Agent X. I called ahead to confirm availability. I spoke with a woman named Kelly who told me she would have to check but promised to call me back. She kept her word and called me back within 10 minutes to say the 300, the Chrysler 300, was available. Kelly said she would have, have it out front for me when I got there. Kelly told me to ask for Michael. Interestingly enough, the Michael name of the hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> asked for Michael when I arrived at our just scheduled appointment time of 725. I asked her if she was a salesperson, and she said that she was a BDC clerk, Business Development Center. New thing. Car dealers all have what they call BTCs. It's a phone bank, you know, boiler room, bunch of people in a room, calling, answering phone calls all the time. That's all she does, sets up appointments. And she sets up appointments for salespeople, and that's what she said she did. I pulled into the lot, 
found a parking spot next to what looked like the Chrysler 300 I'd seen online. I got out of the car, walked around the Chrysler. I caught the eye of a young man who appeared to be a salesperson. He approached and introduced himself as Craig. He asked if I was interested in the car I was checking out. I said I was and explained that I'd seen it on their website and made an appointment to see Michael about buying it. Craig said, oh, you must be. Michael told me to look out for you. Now, here's the way we tie all these together. He explained that Michael was a sales manager and that the BDC clerk, Business Development Center, uh, that was who? Kelly. Kelly. Kelly uh, set all the appointments, and there we are. Sounded reasonable? Okay, I said. Got the keys. Craig started the car and began to open the doors. I asked him if the car had been checked and found out to be mechanically sound. I was surprised by his answer. Craig said that this old 10-year-old car and almost 100,000 miles usually doesn't go through the shop for inspection. Kind of a strange comment. Yeah. Hmm. This doesn't sound right. And I asked him if he was sure about that. Craig said he would double-check for me. But then I noticed a large circular sticker on the windshield that read, Turner checked. First I thought that was the guy, the mechanic. So that's a good idea. Mm. Turner put his, Turner's the dealer. Right. Be a good, nice thing to have the mechanic put his name mm-hmm. that he'd checked it. Rick certified. Rick certified. <laughs> Actually, we do it on certified inspections. Yeah. He had a sign the mechanic sure. signs the sheet. Should do it on all of them. <clears throat> Craig looked surprised and said they must have decided to inspect this one because it was so nice. He <laughs> said the he said the sticker meant it went through. They, they only they only mechanically inspect good-looking cars. Yes. <laughs> he said the sticker meant it went through Turner's 27-point inspection, <laughs> and uh, you know most cars in South Florida have like a hundred-point inspection. Yeah. Forty-eight. Hundred forty. You know, and uh, in Northern Florida, Panhandle, 27 points. 27 points is probably plenty, yeah. yeah. but 48 points sounds better. 160 sounds really 160 good. 160 sounds great, yeah. Well, when when they get down to the point of where they're saying checking the tread on each individual tire is four separate points. That should be one point. And trekking the pressure <laughs> is four more points. Uh, yeah. Some of them get a little carried away on their, their listings is all. Yeah. So I asked, uh, does this mean the car is particularly sound and no issues? And he said, that's what it means. He suggested we take it for a drive as I helped him close the doors. I decided not to mention the broken door handle on this mechanically sound Chrysler 300. A little tongue-in-cheek there from Major X. On the test drive, I asked Craig if the car had ever been in an accident. Craig said, guess what? He would check the auto check history report and let me know. Now, did he say auto check or did we say auto check? He said auto check. Auto check. And, the reason that, I say that and they have that, that on their website as well. Yeah. Carfax. Auto check. Carfax used to be the only game in town. Now auto check is coming on strong. Uh, a lot of car dealers are going to auto check instead of Carfax because auto check is considerably less expensive and essentially does the same thing. We found that auto check is as good, as accurate as Carfax and far less expensive. So keep both those names in your mind. When you're checking for a car, be sure you get an auto check or a Carfax report. Craig Turner uh, talked about the Turner philosophy and that they had no haggle sales process. Back on the lot, 
Craig asked me if I was ready to drive it home and how I planned to pay for it. I said I'd be using cash from a recent inheritance. He accepted my answer and made no attempt to get me to finance there or pressure me to fill out a credit application. Interesting difference in tone <coughs> and culture uh, between the panhandle car dealers in Florida and the South Florida. South Florida is truly the Sodom and Gomorrah of car dealerships. North Florida, more countrified, laid back, relaxed, and uh, 27 point inspections instead of 48 point inspections. Sweet tea and nicer. smiles. Yeah. They're, they're nicer in the panhandle. I was left at the desk for a few minutes, and just in case you just tuned in, and people tune in and tune out, I know that. We're mystery shopping Alan Turner Hyundai in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, I was left at the desk for a few minutes while I waited for Craig to talk with Michael and get some paperwork. He returned with a printed copy of the auto check report, like the Carfax, and what appeared to be a worksheet or buyer's order. The worksheet or buyer's order is always the first paper, typically a worksheet, and you don't see the real legal um, papers until you get into the box or the business office where they got the F&I manager, the business manager. He sat down and immediately disclosed that the car had been in an accident. He quickly pointed out that the report indicated the damage was only minor. He then showed me that there was an open recall for a passenger airbag inflator. He said he thought it had probably been completed and should be fine for delivery. So, a little conversation between Nancy Stewart and myself as we came to the studio this morning. We were talking about this mystery shopping report. And I said... It's amazing that the fact that a car has a dangerous recall is never discussed at the beginning of the conversation with the salesperson and the shopper. And the only time it's ever discussed is when we ask about it, meaning the mystery shopper. Yeah. Or if you're the real shopper. If you don't ask, they're not going to tell. Don't ask, don't tell. If you don't ask about a recall, if you don't ask about accidents, if you don't ask about Carfax auto check reports, you're not going to hear anything. They don't want to do anything to mess the sale up. These folks are paid on commissions. The dealers thrive on profits. They're not going to throw anything out there that's going to mess up the deal. Mm -hmm. So the burden is on you. Caveat emptor, buyer beware. Know ahead of time. If there is a car in the dealer's inventory that has a, a recall, and you can get it on safercar.gov. <coughs> he sat down immediately, disclosed the car had, had been an accident, uh, and he told me about the recall. He said it had been, I already read this, said mm -hmm. it probably had been completed, and it should be fine for delivery. Now we find out. I said he needed to be sure about that. I wanted to feel safe in my new car. I mean, he just said it probably had been fixed. Mm. You don't want to hear probably when an exploding grenade Might is the consequence. Am I going to live? Yeah. Probably. Is this a live grenade? Maybe. <laughs> is, is this a live grenade? Probably not. Maybe. You I can, don't know. You can throw it in the campfire. We're good. Where do, do I, I sign? Do I yeah. have a choice when the shrapnel hits me? Yes. Probably. Is there a multiple choice here? Maybe. <laughs> Craig Paws picked up the desk phone to call Michael. He nodded his head and said, mm-hmm, a few times as he listened to his sales manager. He hung up and said that Michael doesn't think the repairs were made. 
He said he was calling the Chrysler store down the street to see if they could do it tomorrow. He suggested we review my deal while we waited. Now, the obvious question is, why didn't you call the Chrysler dealer yesterday or the day before? Why didn't you call the Chrysler dealer when you traded the car in or bought it and get it fixed? It's free. Mm -hmm. The Chrysler dealer fixes it free. Why? Because they don't care. Because our legislators do not care. Our regulators don't care. Car dealers don't care. It trickles all the way down to the salesman. Manufacturers yeah. don't care. Nobody cares except you. He showed me the worksheet and pointed his pen at the top figure labeled market value of $10,252. He said, I was getting a discount off market value of $1,377. My sale price was $8,875, $190 less than the posted internet price. They added a $499 dock fee. Now that's a panhandle dock fee there. $499. That's half the going right That's a there. dock fee. That's a dealer fee I charged when I was that's evil. Mm, not a little bit higher. Yeah. Yeah, you were 495 Five, $495. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they beat you. 15-year. How long ago? We dropped the dealer fee in 2003. So 15 years ago. Exactly. You remember the coup d'etat. <laughs> so Panhandle is charging a 15-year-old dealer fee. Uh, and then there was $439 for fees, which were not differentiated. And he said that was for license, titling, and sales tax. Out the door was $10,427.78. I asked him if uh, he had any wiggle room <laughs> and told him the out the door price at 10000 even sounded nice to me as opposed to 10427 He said they were a no haggle dealership, but when I was ready to write the check, Maybe they could wiggle, wiggle. wiggle. <laughs> So He gave him a bag of, of those yeah, there little wiggly wiggle. gummy bear worms. Yeah. <laughs> you can't wiggle. Right, if you're no haggle. You haggle and wiggle if, if are you're, diametrically If you're opposed. one price, no haggle, you can't wiggle. It's like being a little bit pregnant, right? You you take the test and you're pregnant. We're pretty much one price. One-ish. One -ish. You can't be almost pregnant. Is that? That's a saying. That's yeah. a saying. Yeah. And Nancy's looking at me like I just violated <laughs> the hashtag oh, Me Too. We all know it's a uh, saying. Is it appropriate? You've got the oh, sure. you've got the anonymous, your anonymous feedback. If you think that was an anti-feminine comment, I'd like to hear from you. <laughs> YourAnonymousFeedback.com. I said, saying that you had some wiggle room on a no-haggle policy was like being a little bit pregnant. Oh, God. You know where I stand. I don't think that was offensive, but it's yeah. just me. Well, you're not a woman. I know. Absolutely. Uh, just Michael, a little bit. Michael called back <laughs> and said the Chrysler dealer had the part and was set up an appointment with me to get the airbag fixed. That's good. I asked Craig if he could hold the car for me until the morning so I could discuss the deal with my wife. He said he could hold it for 24 hours. We shook hands, and I left. There you go. Here's the epilogue. Agent X never asked the third of the three questions. Because they disclosed the airbag recall after some monetary confusion on Craig's part. I think I meant right momentary. <laughs> yes. I, I read it wrong way. I it immediately uh, took steps to get it remedied. Alan Turner was quite high in their opinion of the 2008's uh, 300's market value. I, when I saw market value, that made me wince market value. Kelly Blue Book considers 7200 
to be the average listing for this car with a similar miles and the fair purchase price to be $6,999. So uh, this begs the question, can you fault a car dealer for trying to charge you too much for the car? No. No. That's the system. And any time you get a price from a car dealer, and there are a lot of them like uh, this particular Turner Hyundai, they claim to be no haggle. Uh, one price. They love the word. It's a catchphrase. One price, no haggle, no hassle. They love that. Uh, bottom line pricing is another phrase. That's to get you in the door. Don't believe it. Because 999 times out of 100, that'd be out of 1,000, I guess. 999 times out of 1,000, you will find out you can negotiate a better price. It's very scary to put your bottom line best price on the car because they know you can take that price to another competitor car dealer and they'll probably beat it, or at least they'll try. So always negotiate. Don't believe no haggle, no hassle, and don't believe one price. I say that painfully because I have to, full transparency, I am a car dealer and we do have one price. So don't believe me either. Don't believe anybody. I mean, I inherited the reputation. I used to be a car dealer. I know what I used to do. So be careful. Don't believe one price. We're going to have to vote now, and I hope that we're getting a lot of votes online. We are. You can text us at 772-497-6530, or you can go online, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. You can post your vote. Uh, we go. We vote on the curve. I say that so you don't get too harsh because we have a recommended car dealer list where we have dealers that we recommend that you buy a car from. If we did not grade on the curve, there'd be nobody on the list. Nobody gets 100%. So think about that. Compared with all other dealers, are they in the top 70%, uh, 30 percentiles? Above 70, right? We call that a passing score. Let's go with some scores online. Okay, here we go. We have Linda on Facebook gives him a D plus. A B? D. D. D plus. D plus. She she raised it. It was originally a D and then she added the plus. Okay. Subsequently. Then we have two texts without names. Both of them are Fs. Fs, wow. We have Greg on Facebook with a D. Uh, we have Mark, a text. I'm sorry, Greg was a text. Mark is a text with a C minus. C. C minus. C minus, okay. Mm -hmm. Then we have John Neal uh, on Facebook with a C minus. C minus. Edlin uh, on Facebook gives him a C minus. And Jeff on Facebook gives him a C minus. Okay. Well, that's very interesting. Now, uh, in house. Uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Jeff is a C, not a C minus. Okay, Jeff's a C. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, in, in house, Rick, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to put it on a curve, but it's kind of a double helix curve. I well, I, I like the way Craig did when he saw the recall. He did say yes, there is a recall. He should have immediately been on the phone to Michael saying, right. "Hey, what's up with this recall?" And he should have jumped at that opportunity right there. Hundred percent with you. So I'm giving him a C minus. You know, to give him a little bit of benefit. Yeah. You know, hey, Nancy, what do you think? I uh, give him an F. I don't expect this kind of treatment out of uh, Pensacola. You know, I relate Pensacola as a kind of a mop, uh, iced tea, porch, 
you know, kind of a thing. Rocking so, chairs. Uh, there you go. You just took the words right. Cracker Barrel. That's Cracker Barrel. There <laughs> so you go. We are completely painting. I know we are overgeneralizing the good people of Pensacola. Okay, Stu. Um, by the way, Linda did qualify her D-plus only if they serve bagels. Um, thank you, Linda. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with Rick 100%, C-minus, and they definitely get points for showing him the auto-check report and then pointing out the, the recall. And then when he says it's probably done, if this wasn't a customer who was familiar with this whole situation, they might have taken him at his word, yeah. and no more questions would have been asked. Yeah. He never would have called Michael, and they never would have determined that it wasn't, and they would have bought the car, gone home, and never knew that there was a problem. So um, C-minus for me. Yeah. I'm going to say C-minus, too. I'm, I was going to give him a higher grade, but I think you're right. I think you, I think we gave him triple opportunity yeah. to confess. Yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I don't think it was overt deception. No. I think it's, yeah. there's, there's not enough attention put on this. Yeah. I think they've never spoken to their salespeople about this issue. Yeah. They didn't even know what, he didn't know what to say. He wasn't trained. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, we're going to, uh, Nancy? Yes, um, I'm going to get to uh, Rosemary, who texts me the best way that she could buy a car. And uh, just uh, quickly, uh, Rosemary, uh, I, I find that uh, buying online is the safest way for you to go. Uh, they don't know whether you're a man, woman, a Dalmatian. Uh, you can just go ahead, and uh, you can feel very safe right behind your PC, Go online, and you can do all the homework that you want. And you are, guess what, full control. And I think there is a Dalmatian, there's a Dalmatian uh, discount rebate. <laughs> <laughs> With no dealer fleas on it. Exactly. Uh, these guys are just great okay, to we're work putting, with. Okay, we're putting Turner Hyundai in Pensacola on the recommended list. That's right. Okay. And... Uh, I thank you all for your votes. Uh, C-minus was the most common, and I like that C-minus uh, because it's just on the cusp of failing. And uh, I think that uh, I'd like to say we're going to revisit uh, Turner Hyundai in Pensacola, but we probably won't. No. <laughs> we might. Agent yeah. X goes up there all the time. Well, that's true. We have, uh, we have remote shoppers. And, uh, in fact, John Neal He's not that far. Uh, uh, could... Uh, volunteer and we in the Pensacola yeah in the Pensacola area anybody who would like to volunteer to be a remote mystery shopper or any remote areas we'd love to have you we had a North Carolina shopper uh, that did two or three yeah. shops yeah. for us so we, we can exist all over the world through Hong Kong we could do a Hong Kong shop that would really be a lot of fun yeah send on. me yeah. Yes, <laughs> they won't. They won't recognize me there. Exactly. There you go, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us here at uh, Earl Stewart on Cars at ninety-five point nine and one hundred six point nine FM, right here at the True Oldies Channel. And I want to remind everyone about some of the websites we mentioned earlier. Uh, YourAnonymousFeedback.com. Help us to get better. YourAnonymousFeedback.com. And also, SaferCar.gov. Enter that VIN number. Remember, anybody could have a recall. It doesn't matter whether you're driving a 2019 or a 2000. A 2001? Two, yeah. Two a 1984? Yeah. Uh, knowledge is power. Have a great weekend. <laughs>